Hello and welcome to this PodPod bonus series on how to win a British Podcast Award. I'm Adam Shepard and in this episode we'll be looking at how the BPAs are judged, including who's on the panel, what they're on the lookout for and how you can make your entry as appealing as possible to them. I'm joined once again by the co-founders of the awards, Matt Hill and Matt Deegan. Hello to you both. Hello. Happy Wednesday to you. (laughs) Because we're recording these straight after each other, you see. So now it's really dated. (laughs) Giving them a peek behind the curtains. Uh, We're also joined behind the curtain by Miranda Sawyer, journalist, broadcaster and writer of The Observer's The Week in Audio column. That's me. Hello. And Farah Jassat, head of podcasts at Intelligence Squared. Thanks for joining us. Hi. So the British Podcast Awards are swiftly coming up and you guys have both previously been judges on, I want to say, the Podcast of the Year Award. Yeah. I've judged a few categories, actually. Oh. Yes, I've done my time. <laughs> and, but I have also judged uh, Podcast of the Year, which is a kind of cumulative, really. What happens with the judging is there's lots of different categories and they are all judged. And then actually we look at who has won those categories and that will inform the Podcast of the Year. Mm. And I think it's fair to say that that's the, the most coveted award of the evening. Would you would you agree with that, Matt? Yeah, I think absolutely. I mean, everybody who enters hopes that, that they they kind of get the big one. It's lovely mm. to get your, your category, of course. Nice to do well. And I think when you look over the years who's won that that category, it's a real diverse selection of entrants. And I think one of the things it shows is, you know, sometimes people come to me and say, oh, it's all a con, isn't it? Everyone knows what they're going to vote for. They all just support their mates, et cetera, et cetera. And actually, if you just look at the winners, mm. it's so diverse. Random is not the right word, but it's such a diverse bunch of entrants. There's no way you could sort of collectively decide, hey, this is what we're going to look to do this year. Mm. Um, and one of the reasons that happens is we bring together judges onto panels where they they obviously listen to the podcasts, they sort of do some informal scoring, and then they, they have it out in that discussion. So on that subject then, let's break down how the judging process works for the British Podcast Awards. What are the different stages that the entrants go through in terms of judging and categorization and whatnot? Well, as you can imagine, there are a lot of entries, Mm. hundreds, in fact, hundreds and hundreds. So what we end up doing is a screening round to begin with, where a large panel of judges, like, uh, you know, again, hundreds, listen to the entries and award scoring based on three criteria. In fact, it's the three, same three criteria across all the, the the panels. And then the scores are averaged out to create a long list that goes to our final round judges. So to make it through that first wave, you really have to make sure that your entries are, first of all, of a high quality. So making sure that not just the, the sound is great, but also whether there's scripting or production or originality in the format, you know, some, some thought has been put in to really capture the ear of people who are listening to a lot of entries. You also have to have a, a freshness to it because one of the beautiful things I think people and the exciting things about podcasting is that every podcast is a, a brand new format, a brand new show, mm. often brand new talent. And that's something that we really want to celebrate. You know, radio can be quite conservative, replacing like for like a lot mm-hmm. of the time in the schedule. Podcasting is an opportunity to do something very, very different. So we're really looking at for those entries which are fresh formats, fresh voices, fresh perspectives. And then finally, we're after impact. So it's something that stays with you, quite simply. The judges are going to listen and the things that make a real impact on their day are the things that they'll put through. 
I think the other thing to remember is we are the British Podcast Awards. We're not the British Audio <laughs> Awards or the British Radio Awards. We're Podcast Awards, which means it's reflecting the format and uh, the medium. Mm. Uh, and so what is a podcast? Well, that's you know, something that's often subscribable to in the sort of softest sense. It's something which has a kind of a pattern to it. That's an important part of it too. Mm. So we've touched on the podcast of the year uh, already, but there's a couple of special categories that have a slightly different judging process, right? Yeah. So most of the categories, as we talked about in the last episode, people are entering around genre, but we have the Listener Choice Award, which is voted for by the public. Uh, so that opens uh, sort of after the entry process. Any podcast in the UK can be voted for. You don't need to enter it, you don't need to, to pay an entry fee. And so that's judged by the public. And we've got a very robust system we've built over the last five years to stop any ne'er-do-wells interfering uh, with the Listener <laughs> Choice. Uh, my favourite it was a few years ago, one quite techie podcast was trying to decode how the system worked. Unfortunately, they were talking about it on Reddit, which we were just reading. And, if they, and every time they got to something that we thought, oh, that's quite close to what we do, we just changed it. Um, the, the list of choice has an independent adjudicator. We've got like IP address collection. We've got captures in there like it's pretty bulletproof uh, <laughs> to, to stop any dodginess uh, but what we find with listener choice is it's a popularity contest but it's not necessarily the biggest shows win listener choice it's the shows that have the most passionate audiences mm. who can be encouraged to to vote and i think there's something interesting about that for podcasts more generally you know do you have a very active audience uh, who love what you do and i think that that says something about the medium versus something you might occasionally listen to or listen to when there's a good guest on. Uh, so that'll open up shortly after we close for entries. Mm. And then there's Rising Star as well, right? Yeah, the Rising Star Award exists to champion people who are new to the sector, like actually it's a person award, it's a people mm. award, new to the sector. They could have come from another sector or they could be an emerging producer or presenter that's just starting out. But either way, they are bringing something to the medium and to the industry that we are dearly lacking and need. Mm. So uh, whether that's they're bringing new formats, new ideas, bringing new guests and ideas or um, new voices, it's someone who is basically doing something good for the industry and we want to champion. And you can nominate somebody. So think about your teams or people you've worked with, be it you know, paid for work or volunteer podcasts or independent podcasts. So you can nominate somebody on the website too. I just have to say on the Rising Star Award, I love the fact that you can nominate producers. I think it's really, really important to have a place in the industry where you get to shout out producers because often, you know, coming from the world of broadcasting, the talent or presenters are the ones that get the credit and actually the producers do so much of the hard work behind the scenes. So it's really great to be able to, to showcase their talent. Listeners can't see this, but Matt and Matt, as producers themselves, are both sat in the studio nodding vigorously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, so hey, nominate hey, me. Hey. What about me? I want one. I want an award. <laughs> I think there's also something interesting about the, especially kind of rising star talent when they come to the sector is that they bring something new to the sector and that mm. might be uh, some knowledge about visuals or social as well as like pure audio production so uh, rising star can be anybody who has really contributed to doing great work so matt you mentioned the judging panel and the size of it and the breadth of the kind of people that are on it we have two of our wonderful previous judges in the studio virtually with us. So 
I'm going to throw it over to you guys. What do you guys look for as judges when you are going through those reams and reams of entries that get submitted? I'd have to say it's something that stands out. What happens to me every year during the judges process is that I start listening to the first few entries thinking, these are great, these are great. But then once you get to the sixth or seventh entry, I'm like, actually, the first one isn't as good as this one. It's just the quality of the entries are so high across the board. So everything submitted is pretty much brilliant. But then it comes down to, you know, what makes you stand out. And obviously, the more you're listening to, the more you can hear and differentiate which ones are, you know, putting their head above the rest. So for me, it's something that, you know, from an editorial perspective, the best ones for me are ones where I think I know about a subject, but then I listen to it and I'm like, oh, yeah, I didn't think about it from this perspective. Or it's, you know, brought a different voice in that I'd never heard before. Those are on topics that I know deeply. And then on topics that I don't know about, it's like, oh, I'm intrigued by this topic. I don't know much about it. And I'm not sure how interested I am. But oh, my God, when I listen to it, am I interested? You know, it's something that grabs your attention. Yeah, that's really true. I mean, you've got to bear in mind that we listen to a lot of most people who are judging also listen to a lot of audio. That's why they're judging. You know, that's their area of expertise or, or they make audio. You know, they're in that kind of world. So we listen to a lot of audio. So often I hear stuff and I think, oh, yes, I've heard this before. But what's interesting to me is that you can get really good entries that will slightly alter your opinion. So if you really think about your entry, what do you want to say about your show, about your podcast? Do you want to say it's got amazing presenters that bring something that you've not really heard that really engage with an audience that might be the kind of usp or it might be an unusual approach or just you know a topic that isn't always covered the amount of podcasts that i hear that where people are going we're talking about things that have never been talked about before and i'm like no really they have i've heard about three <laughs> you know podcasts in this week talking about the same thing so really think about that but i do think that a really good entry can kind of shine your work people who've made an effort with their entry rather than just banging a couple of episodes together really stand out they're kind of almost making an argument for themselves by doing a great entry and i really always really notice that you can kind of tell when people go oh you know what yeah let's just enter it bash it in it'll be fine rather than actually thinking this is an argument for my great show i'm making an argument for it here this is what we do we're great you know and you can really hear that as a as a judge, I think. I absolutely agree with Miranda. I mean, I think the pitching of the podcast in the entry, both in the written submission as well as the audio is important. I would definitely say don't forget about the writing because actually there are parts in the process where you get to make the case. And it's really great to actually hear people's stories, like what they're trying to achieve with that podcast, who they're trying to reach, who their audience is, why the audience is important that just gives really essential context. You have to remember that we're listening to, you know, multiple podcasts a day. So those written entries can really make you stand out. Can I ask on the written entries, at what point do you read the entry? I only read it once I've heard it. I never read it first. It's a bit like a review for a film. I just don't bother. I just think, do, mm. do I like it? Like, does it grab me in the first place? And if it does, then I'll read the the written submission. I never read the written submission first because it's not about mm. that. It's important, but it's not about it, you know. I actually read mm. it before I listen to it. 
Um, ah. I got, yeah. <laughs> well, this is this is typical intelligence squared. Like, let's get into a debate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I agree with Miranda. It doesn't come down to the written entry. Ultimately, it comes down to what you're listening to. But I just mm. personally find it fascinating. You know, as a producer myself, I'm interested in seeing how people pitch themselves. Yeah, how do you frame it in the the written entry? Uh, sometimes people ask me and they say, oh, does my podcast need to be successful to get nominated or to win? How much do you look at whether it's got a load of downloads or it's had a load of press coverage? Does that, does that, is that part of your thinking at all? No, I don't think so. That gets us into what defines success for podcasting, which mm. I think we could do a whole nother series on. What I am curious about, though, is the the mix of tones, if you like, in the audio entry specifically. Do you guys prefer to have entries that are along a similar track tone-wise, or do you prefer entries that mix it up in terms of having some bits that are quite serious and grounded versus some bits that are a bit more funny and lighthearted and kind of some bits that are maybe a bit more introspective. I mean, obviously the nature of the podcast will dictate that to a certain amount, but do you do you prefer to see a certain level of consistency in that respect? I prefer variety. I mean, that's just me, but, you know, but I would always prefer variety because you're showing that your podcast can do a lot of things. I mean, you know, that can't always... This is an example of a previous winner. So let's consider Griefcast, right? Great, mm. great show, previous mm. winner a few years ago. That is one topic. <laughs> that is genuinely <laughs> one topic. But because within that topic, you will get all sorts of different reactions. Some of it obviously will be very moving. And Carrie Ed Lloyd is a really brilliant interviewer, I, I think, that you will get all sorts of kind of dynamics within that very particular one topic podcast. And I would rather hear that variety. It doesn't matter to me that they're only talking about one thing, really. It's, it, it's the quality of it. Just bear in mind that we're hearing a lot of stuff. So variety is good, you know. Yeah, I think it's nice to have a mix of sort of the levity and, you know, the serious topic. You know, obviously you can have a really serious topic, but in terms of tone, it just helps kind of break it up and it showcases you know, really good podcast. It doesn't matter how serious the topic is. You can always approach it in a way that's kind of, it doesn't have to be funny, but it, it can be a slightly different tone. Of course, your entry may not fit very squarely into the category that you're in because, you know, some shows have multiple different kind of genres mm. in them. But what I would suggest is that you do tailor the entry to the category. Mm. A good example of this, I think, is what Have You Heard George's podcast did in its stellar year at the awards. We had entries in Best Current Affairs and Best Fiction for the same podcast. <laughs> and when the nominations came out, the judges from the Best Current Affairs podcast and the Best Fiction podcast were like, are you listening to a different podcast? I don't understand how these could be the same thing. Because they put in very different entries. They just happen to be very good in their respective fields. I remember sitting watching the entry system and I could see the, the entries come in. And uh, I, I, I saw, I think, George's six uh, entries come in. And I thought, well, they've got no chance uh, for <laughs> doing this. What, what show can span those categories? It just shows there's there's room for everybody. How for many every type did, of show. How many did George end up winning he in the end? He got four awards that year, didn't he? Four plus the podcast no, he got of four, the year. Yeah. He got four golds. I think he got a silver as well. And he got the podcast of the year as well. Because I was a kind of 
top bod for that year. And I remember Matt sending me this thing going, look at this. No, this is the, these are the entries of all the different people that might win, maybe might win, you know, podcast of the year. And they just won all the categories. So it's like, okay, well, that's like, not... Well, that's kind of a show. you can do about that. It was less to judge that year for you, wasn't it? I was judging the current affairs one that year with George's and that's exactly the conversation we were having. Where, you know, the way they put it in was just so smart. Yeah, it was brilliant. So definitely tailor tailor your entries. Uh, and also, I think some people say, oh, there isn't a category for me. And most of the time when I've kind of chatted people on email, there is a category for them. And it's just trying to think think about their show in, in, in that form. And often, you know, the reason we put things in those categories is really so that going back to the original idea of what the Podcast Awards is about is really so that listeners can discover new shows. Mm. So we have a best true crime category so that people who think they love true crime can find a new true crime show. It might not specifically be always a true crime through and through, Mm. but if it fits that category and it does really well, suddenly a lot of true crime listeners will discover it. So it's just about trying to make sure that the category you enter you can do a good entry for, and then also hopefully win the dividend of that audience coming to you. Yeah, it definitely makes a difference. You know, I mean, I, I review podcasts and radio as well, but audio every week. I listen to it every week, you know, every over and over and over and over. <laughs> and what I find really interesting about the podcast awards is there's always something I haven't heard. You know, I mean, this is my mm. job. I listen to podcasts where I live in, and there are always always new podcasts i'm like i've never heard that it's amazing and that's that, that's the kind of joy of the awards even if they don't if a podcast doesn't win its category if it's in the top three or nominated i will listen to it i'll be like oh i've not heard that that's quite interesting and so it's really i always think it's kind of worth entering because you don't know you might not win but you'll probably learn something from the process and you'll probably meet people maybe you'll come to the awards and meet people and it, it the kind of links that you you make through it or even just the way of thinking about your podcast, editing it for an entry will make you think about your podcast in a different way. It's kind of always worth it. I used to be very cynical about awards, and I'm really not cynical about them now, actually, having been a judge and having entered awards myself. It's always worth it. You think it isn't, and it always is. I want to agree with Miranda on that point, because I think, especially if you're a new podcaster or small podcast, you know, you don't have a big budget, you see some of the people winning awards, like big media companies, obviously, they've got budget, obviously, the podcast sounds amazing. And it can be quite intimidating, as you know, an independent podcaster. I felt this in the past, small companies can feel this as well. But it, I think with this award, it's not about how big your organisation is, or whether you're just a person in your bedroom making a podcast. Some of the winners might be big organisations, but if you actually look down the list, some of the winners are, you know, really small podcasts that we've never heard of. And everyone has the same chance. I think I think what's what's interesting on that is we've had gold winners with only 100 downloads an episode. Mm. Uh, and we've had gold winners with 150,000 downloads an episode. <laughs> so yeah, you really can win. The other thing is I, I get um, a Google Alerts for any mentions of, of British Podcast Awards. Mm. Uh, and there's generally something each day. And I love it when people use whatever success they had to help them do something. Often it's to sell tickets to a live event. It's like this show was silver at the British Podcast Awards or was just nominated. Doesn't have to be a win. Mm. Uh, And loads of shows have kind of parlayed their whatever their thing is being nominated uh, or winning into something else. Mm. I think that's another great opportunity and, and definite reason to enter. Plus also the awards really fun. <laughs> I'm invited to award shows and they're normally a bit rubbish. And I have to say the British Podcast Awards always have been fun. Always, always. Like, I, they're really enjoyable. 
I think the reason for that is because every person that gets on stage has a story to tell about their podcast and they're really pitching it to the room because most people won't have heard it. Mm. And so the people who make the show are just as interesting, I think, as the, the stories they're telling in their podcast. So it really is like a real, there's a kind of element of a storytelling night about the awards and that, you know, when, you, when the speeches come, they are always heartwarming and yeah, beautiful. And mm. also I think... It, still now, I think in the industry, it's still, it's still a relatively young industry. Uh, whether you're making an independent podcast or you're working for a, a big publisher, you face the same challenges. Mm. Um, you know, getting the audio sorted, what platforms you use, getting it marketed. Even if you've got loads of money, you, know, you still you still face all all similar issues. And I remember kind of looking down on the award tonight in in the drinks. And I think it was like the Brexit cast people were chatting to like a, a much smaller news and current affairs show. And clearly they they were entirely bonded on the same struggles that they have. And I think that's one of the, the nice things about the sector is actually everybody is at a relatively similar level. Mm. And that actually brings me on to one of the questions that I'm really interested to know the answer to. How important is audio quality in the judging process? I mean, obviously, you know, really high production values is great if you can, you know, if you can do it, if you have the resources and the skills to achieve that. But is it, if you're like bedroom podcaster at you know, any level of disadvantage versus a kind of big media operation? It's got to sound good. I mean, it just has to sound good. Like, that's just, you can't. I remember the Private Eye podcast, I have to say, when it first started. I gave it a terrible review because it literally, actually it was before <laughs> Matt stepped in. Matt Hillfeld stepped in and saved it. But it had, they yeah, had thank no you. producer. Thank you, Brandy, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what happened, yeah. <laughs> They had no producer. It sounded like it was recorded in a cupboard. They didn't introduce themselves. It was terrible. I mean, it was shocking. The standards were so low. I was like, it's it's really basic. What do you want to hear? You want to be able to hear the people properly. You want to know who's speaking, you know, what they're going to talk about. Just set it up. It's pretty basic. But yeah, audio quality is important. It was rubbish, actually, until Matt stepped in. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. But I think people often assume that the sort of studio quality audio that you get from, you know, the likes of Global's podcast or The Times or whatever is the kind of benchmark that that is the, the sort of minimum standard for podcasts in terms of audio quality. I mean, I don't think you need million dollar sound design. Um, obviously, if you've got it, great. But have you got a great story? Have you made compelling content? I think as, as Miranda was saying, yes, it needs to have been recorded clear and not like down a well. Um, <laughs> but uh, it doesn't have to be, you know, super duper high quality as it's always been my, my thoughts. To me, it's, it's about just attention to detail. Like, have you spent the time to make sure that the room has been well controlled so that you don't have open windows with planes outside or, you know, just making sure that you take care, as much care over your listener as you have your guest. That, you know, you've taken as much care over the, the, the scripting of your show as you have the music that is, you know, balanced underneath that script. It's those bits of attention to detail, which don't cost a lot, actually. It really is just time. And it's not a live medium. You're not working to those levels of budget in terms of, like, trying to get the right quality at the right time. Mm. So you can take the time to do it in post. And I think that's really important is that people spend the time to get things right before they publish. 
one of the things that I think is most interesting about, about our judges is we have a group of judges for the final round for, for each category, and, and both of you have been in those. What's the conversation like between your other judges when you try and come up with the nominees and the gold, silver and bronze? Well, I mean, obviously it's like full-on fisticuffs. (laughs) 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 Terrible it is. I mean, it's interesting. I don't know if if you've found this as well, Clara, but like I find that you discuss it and, you know, you, you have, you know, possibly you have scorings and stuff like that, but actually it's a consensus. It's the people in the room. You know, if there were different people in the room, you may get different winners. It's those people in that room. That's what I always say to people who kind of lose. It's like it's just those particular people in the in the room, actually. And you'll find that one person might really, really want this podcast and then somebody really hates it. And then you have to have a discussion about that. I like those discussions, actually. They're more interesting than the consensus ones. But eventually a consensus is reached and, you know, and it is pretty pleasant. I always enjoy the discussion because people talk about the entries really properly. You know, there's a lot of detail. People talk about all the stuff that we've talked about. You know, what about the content? What about the entry? How hard was it? You know, have they got an audience? Who are they talking? It's a proper discussion around the whole thing. And a consensus is, is reached. And it might be that, say, the show I liked and wanted to win comes second. It's very unusual if you really, really love a show. Probably other people will love that show, actually. You know, that, that's what tends to happen. You know, maybe the one that you really loved ends up getting bronze, but they're probably in the mix. And it's the agreement of those people in that moment in time, really. Yeah, I completely agree with Miranda. Um, definitely, I mean, I find that you generally get a consensus around your sort of top couple of winners. But absolutely, there are definitely discussions in the room where you are arguing <laughs> over podcasts. And I, actually, I love that. I, lo- I love it because you learn different things. So you might, I remember the last time I judged, you know, I really didn't like a podcast that another judge really did like. We had a big discussion about it. And the points that I brought up about that podcast, that judge had never thought about. And then they slightly changed their mind a little bit. And we sort of, but for both of us, it was not the top podcast. It's kind of like in the middle. I think if it's a really great podcast, we're all going to pretty much be on the same page. But those discussions are really important because I think it shows that the judges take it really seriously and that they really engage deeply with the content. So wherever you are, whether you win or you're nominated, you can know that, you know, your your entry was taken really seriously. I'm always amazed how passionate you can be about something that until a week ago you'd never heard of before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's really true. <laughs> and that's why when it comes to um, the written statement, I think it's really important to put as much detail as you can, because when it comes down to those knife-edge decisions, sometimes you are looking through and it, you don't know what's going to grab the attention of the judges. So that might be about listener feedback or a, a social campaign you did that went really well, or just some some sort of off-air information that just kind of helps. Like a really nice testimonial, for example. Yeah, exactly, about how the change you're making for your listening community. That kind of impact that we talked about at the top, about like the kind of things that people are being judged on, those kind of things can really play into uh, decision-making. Mm. So before we wrap up then, for any prospective BPA entrants that are listening, what would you guys say to them? What would be the one piece of advice to make their entry really stand out for you guys? My top tips are really take your time over the entry. I mean, I know that no one ever does. They're always like, oh my God, it's the deadline, you know, but like give it another couple of hours. Think about what you want to show. Have an argument for your podcast. 
What is your pitch for your podcast? If you're pitching to someone and you're like saying, actually, you could sponsor my podcast and it would be great because of this. Mm. That is your What's pitch. What's your thesis pitch statement? It. Yeah. Like, what are you arguing for? And then mm. do that with your entry and do that with your written statement. Make sure the audio is good. Make sure you fill up all the time. Don't send us a short one. Send us a full <laughs> up um, And that will, that will probably, you know, do it, to be honest. Yeah, I think that um, it's a really crowded field. So what is going to make your podcast stand out? What is your USP? Because there pro probably are like 10 other podcasts similar to your one in terms of topic area. So how are you making it stand out? I would say listen to it in front of someone that hasn't heard it before because mm. you will hear it afresh. I don't know what that is psychologically. Mm. There's probably been a paper on it, but <laughs> but if I've if I've done an edit and listened to it a hundred times and then played it to someone else, I hear all the bits I hadn't heard before. So I think listen to your entry with someone else and it will it will sound fresh again. Mm. I think also have a look at some of the, the shows that have won before and have a listen to them. Mm. And obviously you don't know what their entry was, but you can you can kind of see the kind of show they are or how they how they put it together. I think definitely find out what's different about your show. And you are, you're, as we were sort of discussing there, you're kind of playing against 10, 12 people if you get to that, that final round. And like if you're a rugby podcast, you sort of probably know the ones that you're competing with. Uh, what is special about yours and, and how you, can you communicate that in the in both the audio and the, the text entries? Mm. Well, sadly, that is all we have time for on this episode. Thanks so much for joining me, guys. Next episode, we will be dissecting some of the previous BPA Award winners, identifying what made them stand out from the competition and how this year's entrants can learn from their example. But until then, goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye.